What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the week two edition of Dose Bets presented by the Dose Media Network. Hope everybody out there is having a great Wednesday evening, hump day, Joey. And we are mm-hmm. here to talk about some of our favorite week two bets, spreads, totals, and what limited player props we have available to us. Yeah, so it is Wednesday night, unfortunately, so we don't have a lot of official props on the books. Obviously, last week was week one, and uh, the books had props up a little bit earlier. But we will be looking at some spreads and totals that we like for this week two slate. If you're not already, make sure you are subscribed to the channel. It helps us out a ton. And if you want, you could join the dose media network discord which is linked down below in the description where we will officially post the plays that we are betting in one of the channels in our discord um especially with the props not being available right now you're going to want to be in there to get our official plays and yeah just uh looking looking forward to this week too slate yeah, can't understate how valuable it is to be in the Discord. Uh, for example, I got an official bet in that we'll talk about later that is no longer available. The line has moved in favor of what I bet, which is you know great for me, but not great if you're trying to tail anything uh, mm-hmm. at the best lines, Joey. Let's start off, though, with a little bit of Thursday night football preview talk. We have, I mean, the game of the slate. You know, the the best game of week two is kicking off on Thursday night football. We have the Chargers at KC game opened at four and a half points, favoring the Chiefs with a 52 and a half total. It has since risen and shifted towards the Chargers. Currently, we're looking at a 54 and a half total, uh, which is by far the uh, highest on the slate. Chiefs are favored by three in some spots, four in others. What are your initial thoughts on what should be an absolutely electric game to kick things off this week? Yeah, I think obviously, like you said, it's the best game on the slate by far for week two. Uh, You know, just an ultimate quarterback battle between Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. The Chargers are missing Keenan Allen, which, you know, when you take out a key piece of the offense, maybe the offensive efficiency dip slightly but they still have Josh Palmer who can work in as the wide receiver too alongside Mike Williams uh, they still have Austin Eckler Gerald Everett had a very positive week one so there's there's still a ton of talent on the Chargers side of the ball and just in terms of the spread in my opinion I think four is too many points mm-hmm. I think the Chargers all around may be a better team than the Kansas City Chiefs in this spot. I think their defense is worlds better with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on the defensive line, and then J.C. Jackson may be back for this Week 2 game. And they still have Derwin James, one of the best safeties in the NFL. So I I just think on defense, the Chargers are better than the Chiefs, and then I think their offenses are very comparable with the skill position guys and, you know, the quarterbacks that they have and – I, I think if I had to lean one way, it would be Chargers plus four. As you can see right here, you can get plus four on DraftKings at minus 110 or plus four and a half. This is why it's important to line shop at minus 112 on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. So FanDuel is currently giving you the hook. I would expect that to drop down to four 
So if you're watching this, uh, plus four and a half, that's probably the best you're going to get if you want to tail the Chargers. Um, but yeah, I, I would lean Chargers plus four here. Money coming in on the Chiefs, it must be. I looked at this a few hours ago, and it was minus three on DraftKings. Yeah, uh, I think that obviously you get the Chiefs at home, and you could see here 60% of the money, 67% of the bets on the Chiefs, and they're one of the best home teams. Um, they really do have a great home field advantage, and like I mentioned, the Chargers are missing Keenan Allen, so maybe uh, betters are docking the Chargers a little bit for Keenan Allen being out, but like I said, the offensive efficiency shouldn't dip that much, in my opinion, without him. And they still have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best overall teams in the league. And I would expect the Chargers to keep this game relatively close. Uh, and they could potentially they could potentially win straight up. Like the the Chargers are definitely in play here to um to to win this game, in my opinion. That makes a lot of sense to me. I am just actively looking right now to see if they've updated any of the available props for this game. It doesn't appear. All right, we've got some uh, that weren't here this morning. A lot of stuff that I think is tough to target, like Josh Palmer, for example. They set his receptions all the way up at four and a half, same as Mike Williams. They're not giving you any easy spots to attack, but there is at least one prop from this game that you're pretty bullish on. Yeah, so if I had to choose a prop from this game, it would be Juju Smith-Schuster over 55.5 receiving yards, as you can see on the screen right here. The best line for that is on BetMGM at minus 115. It's at 56.5 on DK and other sports books at minus 110. So, you know, you're getting a yard for five cents in terms of juice, and Juju... Juju had a 21% target share in week one, eight targets, six catches, went over this number if we're looking at week one. And in a close and competitive game, I think that Juju is just going to operate as the Chiefs' number two pass catcher in one of the most pass-heavy, pass-heaviest offenses in the league, obviously. And bet it last week, it won in week one. And I think that his lines moving forward should be in the 60 264 yard range so in my humble opinion you're getting some value on this line still and i i think that juju and and he's just going he's just going to get targets it's that simple he's just he's just going to get targets i think we we've talked about it a ton he's a prime bounce back candidate this year and he started off week one relatively hot and i like him for week two again yeah, and, and Juju had a combination of getting a lot of slot routes, getting split a bit outside, and still having a healthy average depth of target. Believe it or not, he actually gets looks deeper down the field post-crippled Ben Roethlisberger. So, I mean, I'm all in on Juju as well. You're also getting a couple yards of value if you compare it to a site like Prize Picks, where his line is at 58.5, so... For the over, I'm I'm fully in on that as well. Are you locking that in? Is that an official bet? It might have to be. It might have, it to, might be. have to be. Going for 50. Oh, shit. No. Oh, God. <laughs> the, come on, Benny. Sound, soundboard's crazy, man. It just... Ugh. All right. Um, other than that, I don't think that there's too much to 
cover as far as this Chiefs Chargers Thursday night football game. Um, let's talk about some of the other spreads and totals. I will say that I have officially locked in the Minnesota and Philly game at over 48 and a half talked about that, or I'm sorry, posted it publicly in the discord channel on Sunday night when we were looking at it. I mean, that just stood out like crazy felt like that was going to get bet up quite a bit it already has as you can see on the screen right now if you're watching the live stream 50 and a half uh is the line on some on some sites 51 and a half on FanDuel. so i mean two to three points of value at 48 and a half was an easy lock in that game joey what are some of the other spreads totals that jump out to you at this point for week two yeah, so I'll, you know, admittedly, I was looking and really nothing stood out to me. So I don't have mm-hmm. anything officially locked in. I think a lot of these games are, obvi- are obviously relatively tight games. And I could imagine a lot of these going, you know, either way, in my opinion. Uh, but one game that I liked, especially on the underdog side, is the Dolphins plus four mm-hmm. in the spot against. The Ravens, obviously, they're going into Baltimore. Tough place to play. The Ravens are a pretty tough team generally. But I think that the Dolphins have more skill position talent um, with Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. And they have a complement of running backs that are capable. And Tua was okay in week one. And the Dolphins did pass uh, at the highest rate over expectation. So shout out to the Dolphins not just being a run first team under Mike McDaniel last week. And all around, I just think that the Dolphins are a very solid team. I think that plus four or plus three and a half right now, as you can see, at Bet Rivers minus 108 is the best line you can get. <clears throat> I think they're just going to play the Ravens close. I think that the Ravens kind of struggled last week against the Jets. Uh, Lamar kind of struggled. I think that the Ravens pass catchers aren't that great outside of Mark Andrews. And I think that JK Dobbins is obviously coming off a torn ACL and he should play, but who knows how effective he's going to be. And Lamar hardly ran the ball at all last week. So I wonder if that's going to be something we see moving forward. I I, I wouldn't expect it, but could possibly happen. And uh, all around, I just think that watching this Dolphins team just dismantle the Patriots in, in every way, uh, you know, gave me a lot of confidence in them. And and I think that uh, I, I think that they're just a very good team and plus three and a half in this spot is a good line in my opinion. Yeah, it's a great line. I love that you're getting the half point there. I was, you know, this close to pulling the trigger on that at the same time that I pulled the over uh, on Minnesota and Philly. Um, when it was sitting at plus four Sunday night, unfortunately did not three and a half though. I still think is a very solid bet, mm-hmm. uh, for the dolphins. Yeah. And as you can see here, they have 57% of the bets, 49% of the money. So right now the money would be on the Ravens in this spot as, you know, a home favorite, uh, against Tua. So this bet could, could obviously backfire. I just think that the dolphins may be a better team. In this hot place. take, but I, I I like that a lot. I also am sort of on the same page where none of the lines are really standing out to me in, in a fact that I would 
you know, confidently lock one of these in. But the two that I, I would say I'm most intrigued by are the two teams coming off of Monday night football in Seattle and Denver. I, I mean, the should the Broncos be favored by 10 points against Houston? Houston put up a really feisty effort against the Colts, almost came away with that game, and the Broncos lost to a team with the worst quarterback situation in the NFL. You know, the hmm. the the epitome of disappointment. Now they're coming off of a short week, albeit it is at home against Houston. But if Houston's better than we expect, and you know, from the looks of what we saw on Monday night, this Russell Wilson led Broncos offense still has a lot of kinks that it needs to work out. I feel like 10 and a half is a really, really large spread for, you know, what could be an under the radar Texans team at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think that 10 is a little too much. Um, if I'm not mistaken, and you know, you can correct me if you know, or if anybody in the comments knows, I, I think that there's a good history of big favorites covering in the NFL. Usually, when lines are this large, they're that large for a reason, right? And usually, these teams end up covering at a pretty decent clip. Uh, so, that would be my only concern. Admittedly, I did not watch the Broncos Seahawks game. I just had zero interest in it. And, uh, you know, I was elsewhere. But I don't know how well the Broncos played. I mean, you said they were, they played pretty poorly and, you know, to lose to the Seahawks in Seattle and, you know, Russ's, Russ's homecoming in week one is, is pretty embarrassing, in my opinion. And, I mean, this dude, um, Russell Wilson, was throwing to Andrew Beck the entire first quarter. I, I don't think that he targeted a wide receiver until, like, deep into the second quarter. Like, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton were just out there running cardio for the first quarter entirely. <laughs> it was brutal to watch. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, maybe the the Texans are the side to take here. But as you can see here, 68% of the butt bets and 80% of the money is – on the Texans. Mm. So the public is on the Texans, which makes me kind of just want to fade the the Broncos week one narrative and just believe that, you know, at home with Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams, who, I mean, Javante Williams is, is a dog. Yeah. From, like he's so good and, and whatnot. And, you know, seeing this just makes me want to take the Broncos minus 10 in this spot. Uh, I will say that the number that I am looking at here is that 10 point favorites over the last, it looks like 31 years are 49.3% against the spread. So it's pretty goddamn even there. Okay. Okay. I thought, I thought it was a little bit higher than that. Um, so admittedly I was wrong. I, I thought it was higher, but. Nonetheless, public is all over Houston, uh, and we talked about last week how you know probably being on the public side a little too often is is probably negative uh, EV in the in the long term. Yeah, and the other the other game that I was interested in, like I said, the other team that was featured in that Monday Night Football game was the Seahawks and 49ers. It's just a very tough spot, I think, to judge what we're going to get out of San Francisco. You know, Trey Lance was extremely disappointing in this first game against Chicago, had less than a 50% completion percentage, no touchdowns on the ground, no touchdowns through the air. 
yet Vegas isn't really underrating them in any way, shape, or form. They have one of the five highest implied team totals on the slate. From a scoring perspective, they're favored by nine and a half points. Seems like a lot to me for a team that really showed nothing. That being said, they were playing in like tsunami weather situations. So I just don't know. What do you think about San Francisco against Seattle in this spot? I mean, I think I think San Francisco should be able to dominate the Seahawks in the spot. They're just the all around better team, not really taking into consideration week one for Trey Lance. I think that playing in a monsoon in Chicago in those conditions, I, I think we can we can give them a mulligan mm-hmm. for that performance and just the 49ers performance in general. Um, the Seahawks, in, in my opinion, are just not a good team. Uh Geno Smith, obviously, we saw the quotes. You know, they write, they wrote me off. I didn't write back though. Like that's an all timer. That's fire. I didn't even catch that. I like to see that. But you know, he still only had 195 yards passing. They still only put up 17 points against the Broncos. Uh, I'm just not too high on the Seahawks team in general. Whereas I think the 49ers do have a ton of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And Trey Lance, I mean, we were drafting him in, in the sixth, seventh round in best ball. So I, I think we still got to be in on the Trey Lance train. Obviously, nine and a half is a lot. Um, and I don't particularly have a lean either way. I think that we could see a Niners just dismantling at home of the C- of the Seahawks. But if Trey Lance is actually bad, um, this game could be closer than normal. But as you can see here, uh, the, the money does favor San Francisco in this spot. What are what else are you looking at in terms of spreads, totals, et cetera? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I got to go homer with this pick. Uh, anybody that follows me on Twitter at Joey Carey and DFS or knows me, knows that I am a big Patriots fan. And I was all over dolphins last week was i not you were you weren't and afraid everything. to put money against your own team that's that's how i knew it was serious yeah so i was against the patriots last week in dfs especially with the dolphins d and that worked out and they only ended up scoring seven points it was just a brutal showing in this game i'm taking patriots minus one and a half here mm. i think that you know the patriots Played relatively well on defense. They only gave up 13 points to Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Mike Jasicki and Chase Edmonds. They they played a very good defensive game last week. Obviously, the offense is the concern with New England. And I think in this spot, coming off a loss like that, going into Pittsburgh, I think that this is just going to be a bounce back game for this Patriots offense. Um, These are the games where, you know, minus one and a half and people see what the Patriots did last week. That's when people are going to be like, all right, we're, we're on the Steelers. They beat the Bengals in week one, whatever, whatever. But they're still trotting out Mitchell Trubisky as their starting quarterback. Not great. Najee Harris is hurt. He may or may not play. And if he, even if he does play, He's not 100%, right? So I think mm-hmm. that takes away a key skill player for Pittsburgh. And I think that Bill Belichick just is going to come into this game with a solid defensive game plan to stop these outside wide receivers and Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, 
George Pickens, et cetera. And I think he's ultimately just going to lock up Mitch Trubisky. And, and I think the Patriots should be able to get the job done here. So Pat's minus one and a half. Um, you can get it. I mean, currently it's, it's minus two uh, on DraftKings at minus 110, as you can see. So minus two. I like that. I like that. I would try and jump on that wherever you could. Is there anything else in terms of spreads that you want to touch on before we move on to some player props? No, I mean, like like we said at the top, there's not much that we both really love this week. Um, you know, those are just some leans that I have. Another lean that I have would be the Panthers-Giants under the total. So if we take a look here, the under the total right now is 43.5. So it, it actually went up a point, the total did. But I think that these are just two teams with subpar quarterbacks and subpar offenses and i think that scoring is going to be minimal in this spot um obviously each team does have good skill position talent but i don't mind the under in this game and uh if we if we take a look here at the at the betting and the and the totals um this is one of the biggest differentials on the entire week one slate so far out of 12,000 bets 86% of the bets are on the over but 68% of the money is on the under. So that, that tells me to, to take the under 43 and a half in this spot. Yep. I, I like that as well. Uh, two teams that'll probably be relatively run heavy as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Easy, easy under. Yeah. That's pretty good. I guess the last one that I'm sort of interested in, I'm just, I'm just uh, let's say skeptical of Washington and Detroit having the second highest total on the Sunday slate. 48 and a half seems just a little bit sketchy for, for two teams that are, I don't know, quarterbacked by Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. It, something just seems a little bit fishy, but I guess all the money's on the over. Yeah, um, all, the, all of the money's on the over. All of the bets are on the over. So the public's all over it. Obviously, a four-point total increase. I don't think you can bet this game at 48.5 after the line has moved so much. Um, 14,000 bets per action network. So... I would stay away from it. Um, you know, if I did have to lean one way, it would be the under DeAndre Swift is hurt. It's a Carson Wentz versus Jared Goff matchup. Yeah, is that go really going to lead to fireworks? Like, come on now. I don't know. Something's just something's just fishy about it. I'm not making it an official bet, but something is off there. Just something. Something is off. Something ain't right. All right. We're not kidding when we say that the player props market is barren right now. So there's not much we can look at in terms of official player props. I think what we should do is take a look at prize picks. For those of you who don't know, prize picks is sort of a DFS game centered around player props. You can't just bet the straight player props. You have to at least pair two of them together. So it's a little bit different than just betting straight props. None of these will be listed as our official bets. So again, check out the discord chat if you would like to know the bets that we are officially making as these props become like actually available on the market but it's a good sort of first look i think a lot of the lines that we see come out are going to be very similar to these there's usually a pretty steady correlation between prize picks and what the lines are on mm -hmm. books joey what's standing out to you from some of these early lines that we're seeing on prize picks yeah so i think that one that that we talked about was uh, this Najee Harris under. Yeah. I uh, talked about how he's a little bit healthy. You brought this up in our discord chat and 
I think that the Patriots on defense are very solid. Like I said, they only gave up 13 points to Tua and Co. Um, he's obviously dealing with that list Frank flare up. So there is some potential re-injury risk here. Obviously, if you bet it and he becomes a DNP, you just, you, you know, you got to take the take the L on that. I mean, it's not an L, but, you know, it just won't count towards your, your prize picks. Uh, but 56 and a half in this spot on one of the worst offensive teams, in my opinion. I, I know they're 1-0. and and they got some talent, but Mitch Mitch Trubisky leading the Steelers. That that's just a no no for me. Um, so I like the under in this spot. I think that when you just take into account the offensive environment for the Steelers, the matchup, the injury risk, fifty six and a half under seems like a, a very good play. Yeah, I mean, Najee <clears throat> averaged 2.3 yards per carry in this first game. The Patriots were very solid at limiting what what uh, the Dolphins were able to do on the ground. Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert combined for like 41 yards between them. And Najee hasn't really shown too much explosiveness lately. This would have to be a very positive game script, I think, for Najee to hit this mark where, you know, the, the Steelers are up deep into the second half and they're just pounding the rock and he gets there off volume, which, you know, and they're, and they're by, home, they're home dogs too. Yeah. They're home dogs. Like you said, we're leaning Patriots in this spot. So I, I don't expect him to necessarily get there off of volume. Yeah. Um, not Najee's under looks great. Uh, there's an over. I like at the wide receiver position for my Detroit lions, Amon Ross St. Brown. This man is continually getting disrespected. Now, during the fantasy season, I was probably contributing to the disrespect. All right? I wasn't super high on Amonra. I thought that what we would see this year was his role sort of get reduced with the new pass catchers they brought in. But that does not appear to be the case at all. Amonra St. Brown had an absolutely elite role to start this year. He had 12-plus targets. His target share was 21.4 that was you know top 30 in the nfl he had a good target rate good route participation um i'm actually looking at the wrong numbers here that was 2020 <laughs> yeah 20 I, I thought i thought that was low um top 10 in terms of target percentage 32.4 percent target share 91.9 percent route participation absolutely elite 12th highest target rate in the NFL, he is Jared Goff's go-to guy, and 57 and a half is just disrespectful for this man. He hasn't had under 73 since week 12 of last year. That is seven straight games going over this number, and as long as he has this voluminous role and is Jared Goff's safety blanket, I don't think that we should be batting an eye at taking a line this low for ASB. Yeah, I think this is a, this is a very good line. I think that there's a good chance that this line increases as the week goes on, which is obviously the benefit of betting some of these props early is you get the benefit of line movement. And, you know, if the total increased by four points, you know, we're expecting a relatively high scoring game, uh, which in my opinion means more pass attempts, more pass volume, more yards to go around for wide receivers in this game. And, Amon Ross St. Brown has shown that he earns targets 
and that he is Jared Goff's safety blanket. And DeAndre Swift is dealing with an injury, which would obviously only increase his projection if Swift were to miss this game. I think it's unlikely that he does, but who knows? He might miss a game. Uh, Swift is kind of fragile, no cap. But yeah. Swift said he's not concerned about missing time, but the Lions may not feel the same way. They added Justin Jackson to the active roster today from the practice yeah. squad. So Yeah, so you take away one of you know the, the best targets in the offense, t- uh, targets should just funnel to the other target monster which is Amon Ross St. Brown and 57 and a half is is pretty low for him so I really I really do like that what else are you looking at that jumps out to you on prize picks I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest there's really not much that out that is standing out to me I mean Cordero Patterson is interesting at 45 and a half Cordero Patterson was top five in week one out of running backs in terms of touches Fun fact, if you didn't know, uh, if I take a look here at his touches uh, from last week and how it compares to the other running backs, Cordero Patterson had 25 touches in week one. Mm. Mostly all rush attempts. The only players with more touches than Cordero Patterson in week one was Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon. Mm. So if we're getting Cordero Patterson in a voluminous running back strictly role in terms of his rush yards, 45 and a half is just way too low. Obviously the concern here is the Falcons are 10 point dogs on the road. I believe they're, they're on the road, right? Um, Yeah. On the road in LA going up against. No, uh, no, it's in Atlanta. I think. uh, No, it's, it's not in Atlanta. It's in, it's in LA. Uh, But Nonetheless, that's the only concern for, and they could get game scripted out. Um, but if if Cordero Patterson gets 15, 20 touches, he he's he's hitting this mark. He's smashing this mark. Even if he gets thirteen to fifteen, I would still bet on him getting over forty five and a half rushing yards. Is is Damian Williams confirmed out? I believe so. Okay, because it, I think it's interesting. Damian Williams actually got the start over CPAT, and when he left the game with injury is when CPAT start, started going mm. nuclear. I don't know if that was necessarily a game plan thing or if it's just like Arthur Smith is looking and he's like, yo, we got to do something. Just keep feeding Cordero the ball, and it ended up working out. So I, I don't know. I'm, I would be worried about betting the rushing yards on one of the worst offenses in the yeah. league and you know on the road against you know Aaron Donald and co. on the line. Williams returned from his injury. He, in he just court. didn't practice today. He, right. he mispracticed today with a rib injury. Yeah, not confirmed out. I don't know. I would be slightly skeptical uh, skeptical yeah. about CPAT in that spot. But I, I understand why you would like that. I mean, you know, with a player that explosive, that, that could all come in a single run. Yeah, and I, I think another one that I do kind of like that looks interesting is this Zeke one at 41 and a half. I think if we're just looking at it from, you know, an offensive theory standpoint with Dak Prescott out, I think they may lean on Zeke a little bit more. As you could see, he had 52 rushing yards against Tampa Bay, one of the best run defenses in the NFL. And I think price picks is low on his prop because of the quarterback situation. And they might be forced into more 
pass attempts. But like I said, uh, with Dak Prescott out, this this could be a spot where the Cowboys just lean on their you know hundred million dollar running back, and he he didn't look bad. That's the thing on Zeke's touches in Week One, he did not look bad. Yeah. Um. Again, my concern would be game script in this spot. Cincinnati is a pretty big favorite, minus seven and a half. He could get scripted out. As we saw last week, when when they got down, there was a lot more Tony Pollard action, although Pollard disappointed on his touches. Zeke ended up only playing 58% of snaps, so it is tough. Zeke is washed, but that number is hella low. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. so low. And I think we're all on that page. And on Sunday night, we were looking at uh, like Zeke's rush attempts, and it was only 12 and a half, and we were like, that's very low as well. And he didn't hit that, and I looked, and it's like in losses, Zeke really doesn't do much. Yeah, um, in wins is is when Zeke is is really going off. So, yeah, I guess if you're betting this line, I think it is still way too low, even with the possibility of them getting game scripted out, just for the reason that I believe with Cooper Rush at, at starting QB one, like they're going to have to lean on the running backs in my opinion now. Yeah. Um, because obviously the wide receivers showed that they can't get open Mm-mm. even CD lamb, which is disappointing Mm-mm. as fuck. Yeah. But I think that they're going to have to lean on the running backs in this game if they want a chance to win. And I think they will early. Um, we did see them still continue to run the ball down 10, po- 10 plus points against the bucks. And yeah, I, I think 41 and a half is just it's just very, very low. Yeah, I mean, we definitely saw them run the ball. I, I would know because I had Dak Prescott's over on pass attempts in that game, which he was about to pass right before uh, exiting the NFL for the next eight weeks. Shout out to Dak Prescott. We have a fantasy question in the chat. M- might as well answer it. Should I trade Lenny and Damian Harris for Devontae and Lazard? Uh, yeah, dog in a heartbeat. <laughs> Yeah. I would I would have accepted that before I had time to type the question out in a YouTube comment section. Yeah, especially if your league is full PPR. If your league is full PPR, Devontae Adams just looks like he's going to absolutely smash this year. Yeah, I mean, with Devontae, you're getting by far the best asset in that trade. Although Lenny's uh, workload looks pretty great as well. Yeah. Um, I've got two more that I want to touch on before we get out of here. I like Saquon Barkley right now is over at, I want to say 70. Is that still accurate? Yeah. 70 and a half. Saquon Barkley just led in snap share amongst running backs this week, rushing yards, yards created. I mean, target share and routes run, but that doesn't really help this. It just goes to show he was one of, three running backs this week in week one who had over 80% of snaps. He is fully back. He's a workhorse. Carolina just got decimated on the ground by both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Saquon Barkley is going to be the one doing the decimating this week. And frankly, I mean, Saquon Barkley's line should be closer to wherever they have Jonathan Taylor's, which usually is sitting around 190, 99 and stuff like that. I think Saquon is a smash this week. And this is just lag from, previous expectations it won't be long before we're looking at 80 plus lines for Saquon Barkley there's just value to be had here yeah and you know the Giants are probably the better team in this matchup against the Panthers so game script could definitely work out in favor of Saquon Barkley he was set or he was fourth 
in the league in terms of running back touches with 24 just behind CPAT, Mixon, and JT. Only 18 attempts, though. He had, what, six catches. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, if we're, if we're getting 18 to 20 plus rush attempts out of Saquon Barkley, I think 70 and a half is relatively low. But then again, running back overs are, you know, historically one of the worst bets you can make. Mm-hmm. Um, unless the lines are extremely off. So if you do believe that the line here is way off, then I, I think it's a solid bet. And, you know, you see like right here, CMC 55 and a half. And uh, a lot of these lines are low for these superstar running backs. Absolutely. Last prize picks that I am interested in locking in at this current point would be the over on Christian Kirk. Um You know, all the reports that we had on Kirk coming into the season were that him and Lawrence were locked in. He was going to be the top target. We saw that actualize in week one. He had 12 targets. I mean, this dude, Christian Kirk, has one of the best usage roles in the NFL. 31.6% target share. He is top 25 in target rate, top 25 in snap share. He runs a lot of his routes out of the slot. He's going to get fed targets in this spot and went over a hundred yards had 117 in a game where he only caught six out of his 12 targets. So, you know, a little bit more efficiency out of Trevor Lawrence. And I think that he is going to be regularly blowing by this number. It's a little high for a receiver. I usually look to get some of the receiver lines that are lower, but I'm just so confident that they're off in this line and evaluating how sticky Christian Kirk's elite usage is going to be. I don't see any reason to suspect that it will not continue for the duration of this season. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Christian Kirk had a 29% target share in week one, which was, you know, top 12 in the league. He was up there with some guys like Jamar Chase, Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson, uh, Debo Samuel, etc. Like you said, he had 12 targets in that week one game, and he looks like he's the clear Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver one. 59 and a half is you know, kind of high, but the volume should be there. And this should be a game where the Jags should be losing and we should see a little bit more pass volume from the Jags. So Christian Kirk at at 59 and a half does look like a very, very good uh, bet right now. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before we get out of here? That's wise. No, I think that, uh, I think that we pretty much covered all we wanted to talk about. If anybody is interested, like we said at the top, uh, you could join the Discord, and we're definitely going to be posting prize picks and more bets in there as the week goes on. Obviously, Wednesday is a little bit early, but it's always fun to take an early look at the slate, maybe get some early values like Ben did with the Vikings and Eagles total over. Um, And some of these prop lines should move as the week goes on. And I I really do like some of the ones that we talked about, like Christian Kirk and uh, the Najee Harris under, I think are, are pretty sharp. Yeah. uh, I I think a lot of these props will drop between sometime late tonight and then early in the morning tomorrow. So I would be on the lookout for those. If you catch any of these lines early, I would be jumping on them. The ones that we talked about today from a prize picks perspective, maybe you'll even get a couple of yards of value uh, on a sports book. So keep an eye out for that. And like Joey said, hop in the discord channel. If anything comes out and we jump on it officially, it will be posted in the official dose bets. Uh, channel within the DFS Dose Discord. Joey, that is going to be it for this edition of Dose Bets. 
Make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Joey's going to have his cash game breakdown out this week. I'm going to have my GPP top five plays of the week coming out. We also have the Saturday night live stream. And if you want some of our other thoughts following the DFS aspect of this slate, you can check out our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. Our week one or week two DFS preview will be out tomorrow morning to everybody listening out there we appreciate you we value you until next time let's stay accountable and keep it authentic